Well, hey there, Crossing. Uh, good morning to you. So this is live. This is not pre-recorded at all. This is live live, if that is such a thing. Um, and uh, so Jafili is in the back, and I'm out here on the stage, and uh, there is no one in the auditorium because there was so much snow out there this morning. Uh, I felt terrible because uh, Steve and, and uh, a bunch of guys were here clearing out the parking lot yesterday, and uh, all the sidewalks had them all cleared off, ready to go for all of you this morning. And I drove, I drove down from Brady and was like, man, this is four-wheel only. There had not been a plow on the road. It was horrible. And, and I'm like, there's no way in the world we're going to be meeting this morning. And I, I drive into the parking lot, and I'm like, Oh, I feel terrible for those guys. It doesn't look like anyone had even ever been here. So um, it, it, it is a good morning for you to, lay, to sit back and, uh, and be in your family room and grab a blanket and some hot chocolate, and, uh, and we're going to spend a little bit of time together. We didn't even want to get the uh, worship team out uh, this morning, and so this is completely different. Uh, this is just going to be you and me this morning and, uh, and a message. And so at the end of this morning, um, you can turn on your, your favorite worship music uh, and hope that you will do that. I do want to let you know that February 28th, we are going to have our annual meeting, February 28th, right after the second service. And, and we're going to do it immediately right after that, before lunch, and, uh, and so um, just wanted to give you a heads up that that will be coming. If that is of interest to you, you can uh, plan on that and stay with us. So <clears throat> um, it, is, it is a great morning, and, uh, and here's the thing. Today is not going to be much of a sermon and I just wanted to tell you that right up front, if you're like at the end of this message this morning, you're like, Eric, that really wasn't much of a sermon, and maybe you're tuning in for the first time and you're hoping for you know, this amazing sermon. This isn't going to be much of a sermon. This is kind of the, the culmination of Big Church, of our series that we've been going through. And, uh, and if you're not a part of The Crossing, this is a great message for you. Today is a conversation with those that would consider themselves insiders to The Crossing. So if, you're, if you don't consider yourself an insider to The Crossing, this is a great message for you to, to, to watch. And, and listen, just understand that that's the audience that I'm speaking to. And we would invite you to become an insider with us, that, that, that you would come along with us in this movement that, uh, that we want to do. But there's some things in, in this you know, a series that I kind of just want to have an insider conversation about, and that's why it's really not much of a message. And, uh, and so we, we, we've been talking about the church and the fact that the church is a big deal, and, and, and it's a big deal all around the world. But it's, it's a big deal because it started out of an event that happened in history, a movement that started because of an event, the resurrection of Jesus, 
uh, in, in history. It, it's never been about buildings. It's never been about stained glass windows. It's never been about pews. It's never been about guitars. It's never been about stages. It's never been about smoke and lights. It's never been about organs. It's never been about pianos. It's never been about Sunday school. It's never been about any of those things. It's always been a movement that, that started, that launched because of an event in history. And there's always been a remnant of people that understood that it was never really about any of the buildings and any of the things that so many of, of, of us in, in church world have tried to make it about. But there's always been a remnant of people that understood that it was a movement around a message that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that there's forgiveness of sin available to people. And understanding that, that we have been given, we've been entrusted with this message, a message of eternal life, but not just a message of eternal life. We, we've been entrusted with that message, yes, but the church has been entrusted with the message of a better life, a life that when you follow Jesus, he'll make you better at life. And when you get better at life, this isn't a shocker, your life gets better. And so we've all, there's always been a remnant of people that have understood that, that it's been a, a movement around a singular message. And, uh, and, and so as we have gone through this whole series, I kind of want to recap some of the things that uh, we have talked about. And uh, in week one, remember we talked out of Acts chapter uh, one and verse eight, and Jesus was talking to, you know, his disciples. There's about 120 of them um, around him at this point. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In other words, I want you to I want you to go and tell people about me. I want you to move. I, I, want, I want this to be a movement. I, 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 I'm giving you a mission. And another place that we see this language is a specific command. The commission is in Matthew 28. And I want you to tell people about me everywhere. In other words, when you get up every single day, Here's the mission that I want you to do. I want you to tell people everywhere about me. No matter where you are going, the opportunities that come to you, I want you to tell people everywhere about me. In Jerusalem, in other words, in Gothenburg, in Kozad, in Brady, in Eustace Farnham, in Arnold, wherever you, you know, your hometown might be, I want you to tell people everywhere about me there. Throughout Judea, so in Dawson County, Lincoln County, Custer County, I want you to you know, I want you to be telling people about me in, in your county. In Samaria, wherever it is that you don't like to go, that would, be, that would have been for them. Hey, uh, we don't even like going there. In, in the places you don't even want to go, hey, when you're there, tell people about me. And to the ends of the earth, in other words, everywhere you go, I want you to tell people about me. And this happened because we're on the other side of the earth from where this message came, went out. And here we are, 2,000 years later, proclaiming the same message. Remember Peter and John. Peter and John, they, they're, they're arrested and, and brought before the, the Sanhedrin. And, and they're like, hey, you guys just need to, you need, you need to quit talking about Jesus. Just quit talking about Jesus. And, and they didn't even want to say his name. And this is 
Peter's response to them is like, well, you know, I'll tell you what, you have to do what you have to do, but we kind of have to do what we have to do, and here's the message. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is no other name. There is salvation found nowhere else except in this person, Jesus. And, and he proclaimed it, and then he stamped his approval, and he stamped it into history, the fact that he was who he said he was, that he is the Messiah because he rose from the dead, and that is undeniable. And that didn't happen years and hundreds of years ago. That happened two months ago, and you guys were there. You, you know it. I mean, unbelievable message. They kick him out, and then remember, they end up arresting all of the apostles. They end up arresting all of the apostles. And before they arrest all of the apostles, Peter and John, you remember, they, they leave the Sanhedrin and they join the other apostles. And, and the, you know, you would think, hey, we, we need to kind of pipe this thing down a little bit, kind of tame it down a little bit. And so they, they, they go into a time of prayer. Remember that? Remember the bold prayer? And, and now, O oh Lord, hear their threats in Acts 4.29 and give us your servants safety Nope, secure, nope. Give us what? Great boldness. Give us great boldness in preaching your word. No matter where we are, Jesus, I I, I tell you what, when someone raises from the dead, these guys just two months ago were running for their lives, scared to death, 100% sure that Jesus was not the Christ, the son of the living God. And here they are, and the only explanation for them willing to lay down their life was because of what they saw, a risen Savior. And so they're praying for great boldness. And then they invite us to pray the same thing that we would pray for boldness as well. But they don't leave it there. They go on. They say, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In other words, Jesus, we want you to do some things that are so big, so amazing, so extraordinary, that people who are far from you, people that just like, I don't believe that, that's just, that's just craziness, I don't believe any of that, that they would look in your direction, that they would have no other explanation except to say, Jesus is who he said he was. And in that moment, In that moment, Jesus, we're going to be partnering with you. We're not going to be asleep at the wheel, that we're going to be on mission. And when that moment comes, we're going to be there with great boldness to be able to speak, hey, I could tell you who this Jesus is. Incredible prayer. And then remember all of the apostles being arrested and and brought in and and, uh, brought before the high council. And they... We're going to kill them all. And then Gamaliel's like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't do that. And they ended up flogging them. They ended up permanently disfiguring all of their bodies. And you would have thought at this point, you know, if it was a lie at this point, kind of like, uh, no, you know, I'm out. You know, I'm out. But here's, here's, here's the apostles' response. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Crossing. Those of you who are watching, 
I'm telling you what, <clears throat> right now in the United States of America, we are, our, our threshold of pain is so low. Our, our threshold of suffering, it, it's, it's just so staggeringly low. This has got to improve. For us as a church, in, in, in insider conversation to those that would consider themselves insiders to the crossing, I'm just telling you what, I want us as your pastor to get to a place where we would be able to walk away from situations and rejoice because God counted us worthy to suffer disgrace for the name. Well, they made fun of me. Well, they put me down. Well, they canceled me. Well, you know, they're like, yeah, you're out. You know, it might be, it, 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 it may not be physical suffering. It may be emotional suffering. It may get to a place of physical suffering. I don't know. But here's the thing. Are we prepared? Are, are we at a place in our faith? Are, are we at a place in our walk with Jesus like, Jesus, I'm all in. I, I, I am yours. And, and you know what? If in this life I would never choose suffering, but if that's what you have, is that, if that's your will for me, then give me the grace to deal with it in such a way that I would walk away from that and say, man, <laughs> Jesus counted me worthy of suffering for him today. What an incredible thing. I'm just telling you, that, that's not a mindset that we as Americans have, and we need to get it. Because that is an extraordinary place to be. And to be able to walk with that amount of confidence through life is so amazing. And then you remember the church had its first conflict, it had its first brouhaha, it had its, its, its first, uh, you, know, you know, wrestling with who could be a part of the church. And that's really what they were wrestling with. I mean, this question of who could be a part? How, how, how good do you have to be? How much of your life do you have to clean up before you can, you know, be a part of the church? I mean, how, how do you have to look and, 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 and what do you have to kind of put on before you can, in our, in our context, before I walk through those doors of that building and gather with that church and, you know, what are they going to, when they look at me, what, what am I going to be, what's the vibe I'm going to be feeling like like, they want me to clean up what? How, how much do they want me to be cleaned up? How much of their, my life do I need to have fixed before? I mean, that's what this, the church was wrestling with. And you remember the brother of Jesus, James, and what he said, and he just kind of says, hey, and so my judgment, in other words, this, this whole thing's coming to an end, and here's, here's the thing. So my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Crossing, we should not make it difficult for people who are turning to God. And you know what? When they walk through those doors, that they would not get a vibe from us, that they would not feel like, hey, we're just staring at them like, what are you doing here? And that, that we, wouldn't, we wouldn't approach them in any sort of way that would make them feel like, I don't belong here. That, that this isn't where I should be, that Apparently, God doesn't have anything for me. Maybe, maybe I'm too far out. Maybe, maybe I'm too far gone. Maybe I've done too many things. Maybe there's 
too much in my baggage in my, in my closet. Maybe, maybe I just will never be a church person. Maybe Jesus can't forgive me. May we never put an obstacle in front of someone, an unintentional obstacle in front of someone who is wanting some answers to life's deepest questions and 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 they just they just need to be a part as they process through does god have something for me so crossing may we never make it difficult for people who are turning to god because we've been entrusted with the message of eternal life we've been entrusted with this and it's not just okay for those inside the church to just say, hey, well, we're saved, so this is good, and, and we're going to just kind of be a happy little clan, and, and, uh, and we're not worried about anyone else. In fact, you know, it's kind of like, well, we're just, you know, they're the problem. We're going to stiff arm them. No, no, no. We've been entrusted with this message, but not just this message. We've been entrusted with the message of a better life, a value system. A value system that when applied, it makes everything better. It makes everything better. And I'm telling you what, there's always been a remnant of the church that understood this. A church that, man, you know, there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hospitals built in the name of Jesus. There has been millions and millions of people fed in the name of Jesus. There have been millions and millions of people sheltered in the name of Jesus. There has been unbelievable good brought to humanity in the name of Jesus. And yeah, there was a time when the church went through this really wonky time and, and there was some horrible things that, were, were, that, the, that the church did you know, in, in a period of its history that was really embarrassing. But I'm telling you what, there's always been a remnant that understood that, man, it, it's a movement, and they did extraordinary things in the name of Jesus. In fact, the church in England, in the name of Jesus, ended slavery, and that influence eventually brought its way into the United States, where eventually the, the church was a big part of saying, you know what, this is wrong. This is wrong, and and. and, and was a part of ending it here as well. The church has, has, I'm just telling you, done some extraordinary things in the name of Jesus. And that value system, it is a preservative. It is a preservative to a society. And any society that, that has those values will, will do better than any other culture in the world. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and see, if, if you could see you the way I see you, and if you could see us the way I see us, you would see the enormous potential and opportunity that we have. It's kind of like it's kind of like looking at your children. You ever looked at your teenage, you know, boy or, or daughter and, and was like, man, I just I just, you wish that they could see the potential and the opportunity that they have and they just sometimes don't see it 
but you see it as a parent. It's like, if you just understood the potential you have, if you just understood the opportunity, it's just so huge. And if you'll step into it, son, if you'll step into it, daughter, I'm just telling you what, it, you have the opportunity to do extraordinary things. That's the way I see you crossing. That's the way I see us. We have extraordinary opportunities. So here's what I need from you. As we move forward and we bring this series of big church to an end, here's what I need from you. I need you to be bold in your invitations. I need you to be bold in your invitations. And, here, and, and, and here's the thing. I want to uh, address um, those of you that, that uh, you, you stay home and, and watch online. Many of you need to stay home until you, you feel safe and to, to, to come back here, okay? And you need to get the vaccine or however you want to do that. There's, there's some of you, you know what? I totally get it. I totally get it, and, and, and many of you, you know what, you text us every week, and, and you communicate with us, and how badly you want to be back in, in, in gathering with your church, and, and that time, I, I hope, will come at some point, but, but here's the thing, some of you, some of you don't come because you don't want to put your pants on, because you don't want to get out of your PJs. And that's the only reason. It has nothing to do with COVID anymore at all. The only reason you don't want to come is because it's convenient for you. I, we, need you we need you to come back, okay? We invite you to come back. It is almost impossible to, to mobilize a church that you never see and never hear from. It's almost impossible to mobilize the church in a movement that you never see and you never hear from. And so, you know, for those of you, it's just a convenience thing for you to stay home and, and, and you want to, you know, watch on the couch. I mean, that's fine from time to time, but come on. If you were coming on a weekly basis I, before and the only reason you're staying home it has nothing to do with COVID, has everything to do with just purely convenience, come on. And I need you to invite. I need you to invite people to, to, to come with you here. And here's the reason why. You need you to invite people. Because here's the thing. If you don't, and if we don't, if we stop inviting people, we will become an inward-focused church, I guarantee you. And all of a sudden, you're just going to be evaluating every service to say, well, I don't like this, and I wish they would do this for me, for me, for me, for me. All the evaluation is how can they make it better for me. When you invite someone, here's what happens. When you invite someone and they said, yes, I'm coming, guess what? You will sit in these seats and you will evaluate the entire service through their ears and through their eyes. And it will have nothing to do with you, but it will have everything to do with being outward focused. Are we doing things in such a way that the person that I invited, that God met with them, that there was a message that connected with them, that the music connected with them, and, and all of a sudden you're seeing it through someone else's eyes and through someone else's ears. You need this for you. And we need this 
as a church to keep us from turning outward into being an inward-focused church. So I need you to be, I need you to take risk in your invitations. And I, I, you know what? I'm giving myself that same challenge of inviting people. And I, you know what? My challenge for myself is that I would invite someone every single week to come and be a part. And so I need you to be bold in your invitations. Secondly, I need you to be bold with your volunteering. I need you to be bold with your volunteering. I'm telling you what, when everyone starts coming back, this place is gonna be hopping. And, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing, that there are a bunch of very busy people right now that are serving you week in and week out. They're serving you in all kinds of different areas. They're running computers for you. They're running switchers for you. They're running cameras for you. They're running sound for you. They're taking care of your children for you. They're, and, and they're not just babysitting children because we don't babysit children. We're setting an anchor so deep in their heart that when they become teenagers and they want to kind of stray away, they don't stray very far. And they're doing that on behalf of of you serving you in that way, and there's maintenance people taking care of parking lots and snow removal and this building and, and cleaning and, 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 and finance stuff. I mean, there's people serving all over the place, serving you. So come on, if you're just, if, you're, if you've been a part of the crossing, you consider yourself an insider of the crossing, and hey, this is my church, and I've been a part of it for a long time, and you, you haven't, you're just, you're just kind of coming and sitting and you're not serving anywhere. Come on. Come on. It's time for you to engage. And when you come back, I was going to invite you to see, you know, our need board because we have a whole list of needs that, of areas that, that we need people to, to help in. Okay? So in the next few weeks when you come back, hey, I want you to check out the need board and say, hey, how can I be involved in this movement of seeing people meet, follow, and love Jesus. Here's the third thing. I need you to be bold with your giving. I need you to be bold with your giving. Here's the thing. At, at some point, hopefully in the next week, maybe, maybe two, um, I have not heard a final closing date, but I'm hoping to hear one very soon. Um, here's the thing. It, 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 it's looking like it's going to take about a, a hundred, maybe a hundred and twenty thousand, somewhere in that range, to finish the life center. Okay, now we're going to be able to pay our mortgage down a hundred thousand, and we're going to be able to apply eighty thousand to the life center. That's going to leave us about twenty to forty thousand dollars short of finishing everything in this life center. Okay, so. I need you to be bold in your giving because I want us to finish the Life Center in 2021, okay? And I want us to continue to be able to minister to people in 2021. And then we can really focus in on knocking out our mortgage because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we get our mortgage knocked out, I'm just telling you, and we continue to grow, we have extraordinary opportunities, extraordinary opportunities. Here's the thing, guys, 
The church is dying in rural America. You know that. I know that. We know that. And God has placed us and entrusted us with stewardship of influence. We have influence in in ways that are just extraordinary in rural America. And, And we understand rural America. And here's the thing. We have an opportunity to to plant a couple of churches, and we want to be able to do that in the next five years. Not only do we want to be able to plant a couple of churches, we want to be able to show up in Kozad. We want to be able to show up in Gothenburg. We want to be able to show up in Brady. We want to be able to show up in Arnold and Eustace Farnham and say, hey, when we go to the city office and say, you know what, here's $10,000. I want you to pay down everyone who's late in their electric bill and heat bill. I want you to bring them up to speed. You know what? And be able to walk into those towns and say, hey, here's, here's a big check, not, you know, 500 bucks. I'm talking big check. I'm talking thousands and thousands of dollars and say, here, we want to be able to fund some of the nonprofits that are going on that are knocking it out of the park in these, in these towns. I'm just telling you. We have an extraordinary opportunity, but we've got to be bold in our giving. And here's the thing, crossing, the money is in the bank It's in the bank, but it's in your bank, okay? So come on, come on. We need to be bold in our giving. It has nothing to do with the church needs the money. No, 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 no. Come on. We have been entrusted with this message, and we have a stewardship of influence that we want to be able to pass the baton that the time when these leaders and, and I'm done, you know what, standing up on this stage and the next generation, and we hand the baton off, we want to hand the baton off better. We want the church to be better than it was when the baton was handed to us. So come on, be bold in your giving. And then finally, I need you to be bold in your prayers. So let me tell you a story. Last year, Jafili challenged us to, to pray, and he, he broke it into five-minute increments that we would pray for the teenagers in all of the schools in five-minute increments all the way through the school day. And let me tell you what. Last year, you know, there was five to, you know, on a, on a great night in our family room, maybe nine, you know, five to nine, you know, students that would meet in our, in our family room. And then and let me tell you a story about a, a girl named Abby, Abby Jurgens, who said, man, <clears throat> I'm going to invite. And, and they, were, they were challenged to, to, to invite their friends, and she's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to start inviting. So she started inviting. And guess what? Some of them started to come. And then some of them started to invite. And some of them started to come. And then some of them started to invite. And some of them started to come. And now there's 35 to 40 high schoolers meeting in my family room every Wednesday night. And they love being together. And they don't want to miss. And here's the thing. They didn't just stop there. They're just kind of like, hey, we're, we don't think this is enough. The majority of those teenagers did not consider the crossing their home church. Did you know that? The majority of them did not consider the crossing their home church. And all of a sudden they're like, we, we need to gather with the church. And so they started gathering with the church. 
And they started gathering here on Sunday mornings. And then they're like, hey, you know what? It's not just enough for us to gather on Wednesday nights and gather on Sunday. We need to serve. We need to serve. So guess what? They started serving in Kid Venture and in, in, in worship team and in tech, and they started serving all over. You are being served every single week by a group of high school teenagers because we prayed for them, and guess what? God moved in them, and there was a catalyst who said, hey, I'm going to invest, and I'm going to invite, and I'm going to invite, and all of a sudden, they started inviting, and they started inviting, and then they started coming, and then they started serving, and they are growing. And I'm telling you what, those teenagers' family tree, when they get married, their trajectory of where they could have gone and where they're going to go because of the influence of this church is extraordinary. So come on. Come on. We got to start praying big prayers. Yeah, you, you, can, you can pray that, hey, you know, help me to make it to wherever you're going and help my kid to get into school. I mean, c- continue to pray all those things that are going to work themselves out anywhere. That, that's fine. But when you're done with that, I need you to pray bold prayers, big prayers. For the next generation of teenagers who are going to become the next generation of leaders, who are going to become the next generation of politicians, who are going to become the next generation of of local leaders in, in, in their towns and in their cities and in the state and in the nation. So crossing, be bold in your prayers. Be bold to say, hey, we've been given this 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 stewardship of influence and, and we have a short window of time to get it done. And as the the church in rural America is dying, there's got to be someone who stands in the gap and God has given us extraordinary influence to be able to step in that gap. We have got to be ready to do that. So would you pray bold prayers about us launching, you know what, a couple of church plants in the next five years? Would you be bold in praying that people that, that are able to, you know, the resource people would just say, hey, you know what, count me in. Let's get this mortgage knocked out and, hey, let's use this window of opportunity that we have to reach the next generation. Crossing. If you could see you the way I see you, (laughs) if you could see us the way I see us, the potential and the opportunity that we have is so extraordinary. So come on. Come on. Be catalysts. Let's not just leave it to the high schoolers. Okay? They're going to continue to do their thing and it's going to explode even more than we, but I'm telling you what, the adults, we need to get it going as well. All right? The same thing can happen for us. Because here's the thing, we believe everyone lives forever somewhere. So crossing, those of you who are maybe new to the crossing, those of you who have been a part of the crossing for a long time, and those of you that would consider yourself kind of a fly on the wall, or you're just kind of an outsider looking in, wondering if this is the church you'd want to get involved in and be a part of, come on. Come on. Let, let's not just be, you know, a, a, a church that's, 
that's fine just meeting on Sundays and, you know, we have our, you know, we sing a song and have a message and that's about it. Let, let's be a church, a great church that understands that the church is a movement around a message that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He rose from the dead and forgiveness of sin is found with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would ignite a fire in us. God, that you would renew for those of us who have been, you know, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time and we've heard passionate messages before and we've been on top of the mountain lots of times. God, I just pray that you would kick us where it would, it would wake us up to the fact that we have a short window of time and we've got to be busy doing your work. And God, for those who would consider themselves new to the crossing, I pray, God, that they would be excited about a church that wants to get something done and they would they would find a place. They would find a place to plug in. They would find a place to serve. They would find a place to grow. They would, they, would, they would pray big, bold prayers. And I pray that all of us would be bold in our invitations. And God, I pray that you would entrust to us more and more people that don't have a relationship with you yet. And God, I pray that we would, we would lead them to water. We can't make them drink. But God, I pray that we wouldn't do something that would make them stumble before they ever get there. So I pray that we would be an effective church, a wise church in our approach. That God, we would be a church that's willing to take risk. That we would be a church, God, that will reach the next generation. God, we place it into your hands and we trust you and we pray that you would show us what to do next. In Jesus' name, amen.